0: The Bible Study Podcast, episode 135. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Luke with Luke 22. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Last week, we did the first part of Luke 22, verses 1 through 38, which was the Last Supper, and we continue on with a portion of Luke 22 that has to do with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and then his arrest jesus went out as usual to the mount of olives and his disciples followed him on reaching the place he said to them pray that you will not fall into temptation he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them knelt down and prayed father if you are willing take this cup from me yet not my will but yours be done this is a familiar story. A couple things really stand out to me. One is, and I don't know that I've noticed this before, that he went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, that Jesus was in the habit of spending time in prayer to his father. And that is something that you can see as a pattern here in the Gospel of Luke, as well as the other Gospels, is that Jesus made it a priority to spend time in prayer. And Something clearly that we should learn from. And he takes the disciples with him, at least in this case, and they fall asleep. And I think that seems to be the biggest temptation. Temptation for us isn't always a temptation to do the wrong thing. It's quite often a temptation to just do the easy thing. A temptation to succumb to drowsiness when there's something that needs to be done in this case. This is, I think, a very important verse in the Bible and I'm not sure if you've looked at it in the same way, but this is a place where we learn several things. One, we learn that the crucifixion that Christ endured for us was going to be real and was going to be painful. This is not some symbolic act from a... Jesus that is not flesh and blood, who didn't feel the nails. This is a real act from a Jesus who is fully God, but also fully man, and could feel the nails being driven into his hands and feet. And he knows that this is coming, and because he is fully human, he is desiring that it not happen. As much as Jesus was willing to go through with this because of his love for us, he's not crazy. He understood the pain that he was going to endure, and so he asks his father, Father, if there's any other way, if there's any other way, can we do that? I'm willing to do what you want, but if there's any other way, can we do that instead? Do I have to go through with this? The fact that Jesus goes through from these verses on is an implied response to the question, is there any other way? One of the reasons that I'm a Christian and one of the reasons as a Christian that I'm not a universalist, that I don't believe that all roads lead to God, is this question. To believe in a God who loves us so much that he is willing to sacrifice his son because it was necessary to bring us back to him is one thing. To believe in a God who sacrificed his son when anything would have worked, when it would have been okay to be a good Buddhist or a good Hindu or a good Muslim, that's a God who is cruel. And so... These verses take importance to me not just because of the sacrifice that Jesus is willing to do even though he doesn't want to do it. It is also telling that Jesus is telling us through these verses that this was the only way. We were sinners who could not be with a God who can't be in the presence of sin until that sin was dealt with and it needed to be dealt with with the penalty for sin which is death. It just didn't have to be our death. And God was willing to step up and have his son pay that price. But that was the price that needed to be paid. We continue. While he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, No more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard and the elders who had come out for him, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts, and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. And so Jesus is finally betrayed and finally arrested. Now, remember, we've been reading here through Luke that they've been looking for an opportunity, and they find through Judas that opportunity, finally, to arrest Jesus when he is not with the crowds. I love the detail in here that... It's important to Luke, the physician, here that it was the right ear that's cut off. Luke is a detailed guy. I don't know if we've noticed that through this gospel. He himself is not, so far as we understand, an eyewitness, but has come to be a believer probably through the ministry of Paul, and we'll talk about that later if we continue on to Acts, which is what I'm kind of thinking about doing later and still looking for feedback. But Jesus, who told them to bring swords early in this chapter, that is not what he is here for. He stops the violence that has happened here. He takes his opportunity to heal one more person in his earthly ministry, and then he submits himself for rest. Because this is their hour when darkness reigns. And the chapter continues. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance about an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you were talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. So the scene plays out that Jesus told Peter would happen that Peter follows because he wants to see what's going on, keeps his distance from Jesus because he doesn't want to also be arrested, but he's recognized by his accent, he's recognized by his face, he's been with Jesus as Jesus has been teaching very publicly, and so people recognize him and he denies it. And then there's that third denial when he says, I don't know him, and Jesus looks at him. And then Peter is convicted. Peter goes outside and weeps bitterly. This is what Jesus told Peter would happen. Peter, who is reckless at times in his bravery, he's the one who steps out of the boat to walk on the water, he is at times braver than the rest of the apostles, is not brave enough here to be identified with Jesus. This is a terrifying thing to see what's going on. He doesn't know what's happening, and he denies Jesus and is defeated. And the chapter continues, The men who were guarding Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and demanded, Prophesy, who hit you? And they said many other insulting things to him. Now, at this point, we should be clear that the people who are guarding him are the temple guards. These are people who are not the Roman guards, and this is not something that you should be doing, because this is not the way the law is fulfilled, and these proceedings would have to proceed under the Jewish law. He hasn't been found guilty of anything yet. And going on, at daybreak the council of the elders of the people, both the chief priests and the teachers of the law met together, and Jesus was led before them. If you are the Christ, they said, tell us. Jesus answered, I tell you, you will not believe me. And if I ask you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. They all asked, Are you the Son of God? He replied, You are right in saying I am. Then they said, Why do we need any more testimony? We have heard it from his own lips. This is a question they've been trying to get Jesus to answer for some time. Who is he? By what authority is he doing this? And he has sidestepped that issue until now. Now, this whole thing is a kangaroo court in the sense that we learn from the other Gospels that their other witnesses are trying to get to agree because you have to have the testimony of at least two witnesses, and they have trouble doing that to try and convict Jesus of something. And they're holding it at night, which is not the way it's supposed to be done under the law. It's just everything is all trumped up here, and it's all done in secret, and all done very swiftly, not for justice, but to get this through before the crowds discover what's going on. Because they're still not sure how the crowds will react to this popular Jesus being arrested. And so finally they get what they need. Finally they get from Jesus an admission of who he is or in their minds of who he says he is. And they say, now we have heard it. Clearly that's blasphemy. Well, it's blasphemy unless it's true. And that was not something that they were willing to accept that it might be that Jesus is telling the truth. Now, in fairness, other people have claimed to be the Messiah at this point. And so they're thinking this is just one of those. Now, other people didn't claim to be the Messiah and heal the servant's ear that had been chopped off with a sword, but they're blinded by their fear of what's going to happen to the nation if Jesus becomes. A messiah, they're blinded by their jealousy of jesus' popularity, they're blinded by so many things that they fail to see the truth in what he says. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to leave them at the Podcast.com or drop me an email at host at com. I'm a little afraid that email may not have been working. I changed something recently and suddenly got some emails. So if you have not heard back from me, you should know that I have responded to every email I have received. It might be that there had been something lost in the transmission there. As always... Thanks so much for listening. Has fear stolen your peace? I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, helping you fight your fears and grow your faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.